welcome to the next episode of Punko Podcast <laughs> with me, your host, Michael Beltran, and our esteemed guest, the originator of the podcast Tea Time with Mike and Mike himself, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Jojo Ortiz. Everyone, can we get the fake applause? We don't ladies have that. and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting yeah, episode. We don't, we don't actually have the function for the fake tea applause. Tea Time with Mike and Mike. Thank you. That's all we There were like eight guys on stage with Wu-Tang And that was like big energy Then when they all left, Nas came on by himself And he held it down He was able to like match that energy Right, yes Bro, Busta Rhymes like Like he like changed everything (laughs) I mean he absolutely But he changed the entire dynamic of the whole show Monster, yeah man I think my favorite part of the whole show it was when he was like messing with the volume. Well, no, that was great. But actually, when uh, when I think it was a DJ, he was like, "Everyone in their twenties, make noise!" Oh, and yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. a little bit of noise, little noise. Everyone in their thirties, <laughs> make noise like a good amount of noise, like you know, like there's a crowd cheering. It's like, yo, everyone born in the 1930s, make some noise. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> fucking lost like their fucking... shit, yo. Everyone lost all their shit in the Great Depression, make some noise. <laughs> 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 so, we're the World War II event. No, it was fucking. It was like that. It well, was, I mean, he, what he really said is everyone in their forties make noise, and like the entire crowd went fucking wild. My forties and fifties. What? He did not amazing. say fifties. Yeah, he did. I think he did. I think no, I think you're wrong. 50s. I think you're wrong. All right, whatever. That's I fine. I be wrong. We'll agree to disagree. You know. Wait, tell me about this delicious, beautiful Florida orange that I'm eating. I asked okay. for a little bit of chicken mousse, and I got an orange on a plate surrounded by dirt. Now, when we, when now for the Pancom podcast food section, Ladies we're going to talk about the dish that Mike Ortiz is eating, which is Ariet's Florida together. Florida orange. The, the, the Florida orange brings us all together because that moment transcends our momentary suffering, my dog. That that moment when you taste that delicious <laughs> shit, my guy. Yeah. That's the magic, bro. That's why we. That's why we could wake up in the morning, bro. Because that thing is us, dog. That's the magic. God did this week. <laughs> <laughs> this week's food item is the Ariette Florida orange, which mm. looks like an orange, is painted like an orange with an orange essence food paint thing. Mm. It is a chicken. Shush. It is a. Uh, Foie and chicken mousse that encapsulates a sour orange gelée with duck riette. Underneath it is a bitter chocolate soil. Served on the side is beautiful house-made brioche bread. And it's served on a beautiful plate that it took me such a long time to find. And if anyone ever breaks, they're usually fired. Wow. That looks like two hands holding an orange and giving it to you. Mm. Yeah. This dish was created for a Verso Sencillo's tasting. Yeah. I promised my team we would only do it twice, and now it's on the menu every day. Yeah. Sorry. Every day is duck day. <laughs> That's how okay. that quote goes, right? So let's go back to the concert. So, <laughs> Nick, you're not helping the situation, okay? You're really not helping the situation. You want to you know how much I'm not helping? Go ahead. I realized like five minutes ago that I had been recording on my microphone on my computer mm. for a while. So this is a full-blown disaster. Mm. And this shocks me so little. Yeah. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of Tea Time with Mike and Mike. That's what I'm talking about, though. That's the energy we need for this. We've got a beautiful Florida orange glazed, uh, basically a food essence paint, uh, covering a sour orange gelée. Gelée. With the G. Uh, We've got a, a dark chocolate dirt around it. And it's basically a foie and chicken liver mousse. For those of you who like the more creamy side of life, we do things a little a little funky down here in the cave. We've got a delicious bread uh, that I'm sure was put together by the legendary queen, Devin Braddock, the pastry chef to end them all. So ladies and gentlemen, sit down, strap on, and get ready for another exciting episode of Tea Time with Mike and Mike. This show is called Pancom Podcast, but you are correct. Well... Right. Yeah, semantics, right? I was ex- I, I mean, I, Let's I go back to three weeks the ago. People want tea time with Mike and Mike. Listen, the, you, you know, know how, you have a radio show now. Like the you are too bit. You, you know, how you know you're people, selling things. You to know like how many times a Tiffany month, and Co. You know how many times a month people ask me, "Hey, man, when are you gonna do how many times? Tea time how many times with my at least like a, ha- a small handful of times a month? Yeah, lies. No, straight up. Wow, there's demand for what we did, dog. Wow, that's crazy because want I don't us, even bro. think that people, people ask for Punk together, Podcast bro. that many times a month. I'll tell you that much. The people want us together, Mike. Yeah, I believe it. You know? We're a good duo. We could look at look at what it could be and look at what it is, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I'm putting down a lot of it, bro. <laughs> I'm going to go back again to the concert that we were at. Oh. Wu-Tang, Nas, Busta Rhymes, New I York State taken, of Mind Tour. I had taken a bright line. I had already had a few drinks on the way there. With Danny Jimenez. Legend. Danny Jimenez himself. On his birthday. On his birthday. The king of McAllen. The king of the king of a lot of things. The king McAllen of a lot of things. Of um, and his amazing wife, Chef Julia Ning. Which she definitely kept us all safe for the duration what of an amazing. the entire... That was an awesome time. It was an awesome time. That was an awesome time. But in the in the, the truck, we remember were those guys that got into a fist fight in front of us? Can I finish my fucking story for fuck's sake? Jesus, Ladies I'm trying and gentlemen, to get welcome into to the another exciting part. episode. <laughs> tea time with Mike and Mike. Yeah, story from Chef Mike Beltran. We've Come been on. at this for close to 15 minutes, and we're still <laughs> welcoming people to another exciting episode. <laughs> so we get in the truck. You're in the truck. You're wearing glasses. We're talking about an idea that I had. Then you pretty much trumped my idea because you said that don't use that word with my name please (laughs) continue you can even say i mitch mcconnell your idea but don't say i trumped it i uh, (laughs) um but is trump is trump isn't just like an actual person's name there's actual yeah it's it's a you look up the actual definition of it's a a word you were using it you you were were using it correctly look up the definition of the Uh, word trump i shouldn't have said you shouldn't have but you just you walked into it you walked into it so now i want to know I Look up the some, definition okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. of the word Trump. Oh, God. You, you could say he, he drumped it. There you go. Let's just talk about Trump for the rest of the fucking show. <laughs> Yo, I'm so disappointed well, in we Kanye. Were, I'm so disappointed we were in talking Kanye. About, Let's put that down right now. I'm so fucking disappointed Why, in because he left Adidas? No, because he's going Death Con 3 against the Jewish people, bro. That he also left Gap. Genius, he left bro. Gap. He left God Adidas. Damn, or was it? God damn it, man. It's like, God damn it, man. He made such... Fucking how did beautiful. we? How did we get to Kanye? How could we not have gotten to Kanye? Okay, go is on. A, is a, is more like it, Doug? <laughs> okay. Did uh, did you watch the Kanye documentary? Yeah. 
Yeah, what'd you think? Which one? War I don't know. I just I watched Genius. I watched Genius, but I only watched the episode that makes you like him. Mm. And then I didn't watch the other one mm-hmm. that makes you not like him. And then the third one that makes you realize that he is all of us. Is he all of us? No. No. No, man. Um, bro, it's like the the dangers of success, man. When you surround yourself with yes men, like for for like decades, you know, it's like you you really believe that you can't say nothing wrong. The next thing you know, you're fucking publicly declaring war against the Jewish people. What the fuck? How much of that do you think is actual? Like he actually has that thought, or do you think that he has a part of him that thinks if he's like weirdly provoking that it's going to get him more clicks and it makes him matter more all of the above right i think that like because i think i think he's a large like it's this huge compilation of shit that he just wants to make himself feel self-important it's also probably worth noting that this is a person who's off his meds Thanks to our sponsor, Aganorsa Leaf Cigars. Aganorsa Leaf is renowned throughout the world for its signature flavor that possesses all the great attributes of Nicaraguan terroir, along with classic Cuban aroma and flavor. Aganorsa Leaf is pleased to announce a brand new edition of Guardian of the Farm, Cerberus, named after the mythical three-headed hound that stood watch at the gates of Hades. This exciting new Nicaraguan puro, uses 100% Aganorsa leaf tobacco and is wrapped in Aganorsa's new Corojo 2012 cover leaf, which adds a level of complexity to the blend, adding light spice and a rich, smooth body to the blend. When you smoke one of our world-class blends, you will experience the difference between ordinary tobacco and Aganorsa leaf. That's why we say our leaf is our strength. Learn more about Aganorsa leaf and use their store locator and find a cigar shop near you that carries their products at www.agonorsaleaf.com. The two of us smoke Agonorsa Leaf cigars often. We also offer them to a lot of our guests, like, for example, Dave Arvello, who every time I post a picture of a, a Cerberus mentions to me in my DMs or in a text how cool the band is, which it actually is a pretty slick-looking band. Um, but also, I just want to note a little personal anecdote here so it's not all totally straight-up red. I can say that uh, Michael Beltran will absolutely not only vouch for the quality of Aganorsa cigars. Yeah. But you met a uh, Miami legend and handed him an Aganorsa cigar. I did meet uh, uh, a Miami legend. I was smoking nearby Alonzo Morning, and we had a conversation about cigars, and he handed me one of his, and I went inside. I bought this exact same cigar, and I handed Alonzo Morning this Aganorsa cigar, and I said, try this. Thank me later. I mean, if that's not an endorsement, I don't know what is. Aganorsaleaf.com introducing the newest line from jura state cigars 20 acre farm is a complex refined and medium body cigar with a super oaky and cedary notes accompanied by a whisper of white pepper and a bright hint of citrus built at la gran fabrica drew estate in nicaragua using a velvety and i mean velvety Ecuadorian Connecticut shade grown wrapper. Under that wrapper is a sun-grown Habano binder and a filler blend of Nicaraguan tobaccos from Esteli and Jalapa in perfect balance with the opulent and majestic Florida sun-grown leaf. 
Florida Sun Grown is also the name of the farm where that tobacco is lovingly grown and harvested by Jeff Borshoix, who's the guy you see in his video playing behind us, uh, on his pristine 20-acre plot of land near the central Florida town of Claremont. I have actually been to that farm, along with plenty of other cigar tobacco farms in Mexico, Central America, and the Dominican Republic. And what Jeff, who, by the way, is a very nice guy, there's actually a cigar box signed by Jeff hanging on my wall. Uh, what Jeff is doing there is super legit. Uh, so it's always cool to see products like his, which is the only premium cigar tobacco grown in Florida um, in products from a company like Drew Estate. Plus, 20-acre farm being a Drew Estate product means it's the creation of Master Blender and Pancom podcast guest, Willy Herrera. Support our guests and sponsors. Get it online. Ask your local cigar shop about 20-acre farm by Drew Estate. Learn more about Drew Estate and use their store locator to find a cigar shop near you that carries their products at DrewEstate.com. That's right. I'm probably going to smoke one of those right now. I, what are we waiting for? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, fair. I don't like, I don't know, but I feel like it's like, I feel like it's, it's, it's look like at like anti-Semitic, uh, conspiracies go back like literally forever, literally forever. That's what makes them so dangerous. You know, that, that because they go back for so long. It's like fucking uh, dry grass with a fire because it's been in the undercurrent of humanity like since the Jewish people have been the Jewish people. So like uh, that's what makes it so fucking dangerous, man. And like and like if he's just looking for attention, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like um, like like I was at Rolling Loud Mm -hmm. and I saw the thing that he did and it it, like, what, did, what did he do? I don't, yo, I don't even know. He, I'm very not like hip. He did like... Dude, I don't know what's happening. He did some shit in Rolling Loud uh-huh. that was like WWF Sting off the fucking... Listen, coming man, I, down I used to love the, WWF yo, with Sting. I used to... But so don't... Let's I'm, not use him, but go ahead. No, no, no. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like oh, I'm talking about... it was just that dramatic. St- that dramatic I got and it. that masterful of a... Like, you remember when Sting would be in like the rafters? That's what and I'm then, saying. And then like everything would go dark and it was that one light on Sting and, like, and like and at the, the top. The guy would be in the ring like, oh, if you're such a tough guy, come out here. Then and then he would, would just and then be would lowering pop up, yeah, from the lower, fucking yeah, rooftop with a baseball bat behind this guy. So Kanye did that? Bro, Kanye... No, you didn't do no, that. No, but that would be funny. No, man. What happened was like this. Look, uh, and this is funny that we're talking about this on fucking podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some technical uh, adjustments happening. Right in there. Yeah, just right, just right into the. Thing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of Pancom Party Time with Mike and Mike. What did he do? Um, so, all right. So like he had, he was beefing with Kid Cudi because Cudi was friends with Pete Davidson and he said and he was like yo Pete Davidson is fucking my wife we're not divorced if you're friends with Pete Davidson then fuck you bah. he he announces that he's and beefing Pete with Kid Davidson Cudi. Pete Davidson has done really well for himself. He's with Hillary Clinton now. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's good. I, I can't I saw that in a meme I can't take credit for that shit but, but that's funny. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> that so, was good. I love that. So, bro. Because I kind of believed it. Hey, well, bro, he pulls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does. He loves them. Oh, my God. And they him. Uh, 
No, so like, so whatever. So then, like, so then uh, Kanye was announced. Well, Kanye was supposed to headline uh, Rolling Loud in Miami on Friday of the festival, right? Okay. And like a week before, he when was that? I just it was like a couple months ago. Okay, something like that. Okay. He was like, he's like, oh, I'm gonna come and like, I'm gonna. Uh, I think July. I think it was in July. I'm gonna headline. He fucking pulls out a week before, and then Rolling Loud hires Kid Cudi to oh, headline that. on Friday instead. Great, good for him. Kid Cudi comes on stage and he's like, "Oh, y'all came out just to see me," and I was like, "Oh." So it started getting tense, you know, and like the stage like was like a, a long and skinny stage that ejected all the way out into the audience, you know. So oh. he walked all the way out there. That's cool. And then somebody threw a, a bottle of water and hit him in the mouth, you know, or in the face. That's disrespectful. And he was like, "You know what? Turn off the music, yo. If you throw another bottle, I'm getting the fuck out of here." So someone else threw a bottle. And he said that, and then it was, then he was like, throw another bottle. Oh, God, throw another bottle. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Throw a bottle, I dare you. Someone threw a bottle. Someone threw a bottle. <laughs> yeah, I bet they did. As soon as it hits him, he fucking turned around. Huff some. You don't like Kid Cudi? I, I like Kid Cudi. Okay. But listen to what happened. Okay, right? okay. Fucking, they hit Kikuri with the bottle. He walks away. He leaves. He fucking like storms off stage. Everyone's like, oh, man. Okay. Everyone just kind of starts walking away, taking their time, meandering. You hear from a stage on the other side of the festival. I just want to be liberated. I, 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 I. And fucking Kanye comes out on stage in the middle of this guy, Lil Dirk's set. And drops a song that he did with Kid Cudi. Oh, man. And talk about a diss. The opening lines are... Now, if I fuck this model and she just bleached her asshole and I get bleached on my T-shirt, I'm going to feel like an asshole. I get it. Anyway, so he, that was the opening lines that he came out with. Fucking 30,000 people like rushed to see him. It was fucking like the most masterful like manipulation of an audience and of energy and of people that I've ever seen. It was crazy. I'm talking about 30,000 people running at full speed because they heard Kanye. He dropped two songs and left. And he didn't get paid for it because he just featured, he came up as a feature on somebody else's set. At that moment, I was like, bro, this guy is like a, he's like Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan rolled into one. Man. When it comes to his ability to market and understand crowds and understand his place in the culture. But bro, like, I think, dude, like, like at, leading up to this Paris Fashion Week, I was like, bro, Kanye's a genius, amazing, 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 bro. God damn, se la pasó. Se la pasó tanto. He, he like, he shot the bed so hard on that one. On which one? On, uh, well, I mean, like, I, I think specifically on giving voice to anti-Semitic conspiracy Oh, right. Theories. You're talking about what he did now. I'm yeah. sorry. I, yeah. lost, I lost track here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I think giving voice. Yeah, and, and you know what? That's fair. That's fair. He's done a lot of crazy so, shit. Do you think that he, like, planned the whole thing at Rolling Loud, that they knew that they he they would hire Kid Cudi to, like, take his set, and then he planned it? I, I no? mean, like, I'm sure, uh, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know what I mean? Because like, I think the guy is incredibly smart, but I yeah. think he's just, like, he's the screws... They're all in the wrong places, so everything is just a little junky in his like, brain. Yeah, he's like, I think he's like, he's perfect for what he does and what he is, you know? Because he's like somebody that, like, his whole living, his whole livelihood is just how <gasps> it can be. 
you know but then mm. the thing is that he's already been <gasps> so many times that like at this point the only thing that he can do is declare war against jewish people to fucking shock anybody i just you think know, that, that and that's it, fucking like that's like it's and, and say <laughs> white lives matter bro like like dude that's like didn't he say he was running for president yeah and this is the second time you know he's running for president again uh he's running for president 2024 he said several times and he ran in 2022 he did he ran in 2020 also kind of he announced that he was running then he had a press conference where he was announcing that he was running but then he started it broke down crying during the press conference and then it kind of wasn't taken seriously after that hmm. i find it interesting that people like um just gather around the human that's so dysfunctional mm. yeah why do you think that is i think, I think um <laughs> This is gonna get a lot, of, a lot of listens on YouTube. <laughs> this chicken liver is so good, ladies okay. and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome to Bang uh, Kong Mukbang. Mukbang, yeah, that's right. ASMR. The uh, the textures in this are just glorious. Okay. Um, can, we, can we get some juicy chewing sounds in the microphone, please? Go ahead. Let me set up another bite. Oh man! This whole thing has just already taken. We're like we're not even twenty minutes in. This is just absolutely. Uh, I want. I want to get. I, I, I want to get deep in this mukbang. Are we? I gotta go. I've got a. I've got a game in, in NBA Two K My Career <laughs> that I've got. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my dude. You know what the name of my NBA Two K My Career guy is? No, Yanku Dinger. <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny sounding name we are you gonna to do this thing so we can move on to the next part ladies and gentlemen welcome to another exciting bite of food this is what kind of bread is this it's a brioche it's a really mumpy brioche served with uh this exciting chicken liver mousse uh, listen to listen to the chew oh it's oh it's delicious The textures of the animal fat, and the butter of the bread. Mm-hmm. So nice, so nice. If we ever had any sponsors before this, we have lost them all. That's hey, ads, <laughs> ads at DadeMag.com. Yeah, that's good. So three weeks ago, when I was with Mike in uh, West Palm Beach, we were yeah. in West Palm Beach. West, it's actually pronounced West Plam Beach. Right. That's not true. Yeah, but, yeah, but I like that. Yeah, that's, that's good. Funny. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I got into this uh, SUV with Mike, and we're both in the back, and we're talking about this idea that I had that he totally trumped. My bad. That's fine. That's fine. Defunded fine. or whatever. Whatever that's we're gonna talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever we're gonna say, let's, let's, we're gonna move on. Let's right on. He Kanye'd the whole idea, um, and we're having <laughs> we're having this whole conversation. Whatever we we park, we finally find parking mm. at the amphitheater. What? Well, no, before that, did yeah. we? Uh, we went somewhere. First. No, we, we went, went to, to Fridays. No, we went to Fridays. Fridays. Oh, we went to no. We no, went to you, a food hall. you and that, yeah, we went to a Fridays. I mean, we went to a food hall with we a went little, to food hall, and we had a, I had a Nashville fried chicken sandwich. That was before we got there. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes, that that's absolutely correct. Yeah. And then, so we went straight to the amphitheater. Yeah. We parked. Mm -hmm. 
a gentleman walks up and says, hey, you know, we're taking signatures because we're trying to make, you know, marijuana legal. And Mike's like, you know, I'm super for that. I will. I'm, you know, it's I'll sign this. And as Mike is signing. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm aggressively against marijuana. <laughs> I fucking hate the. I, when some of these kids with their. Why do you have to do a. Have you ever. Why do you have to do like a, have you a ever, movement have with you the ever, kids? Have you smooth. ever listened to a lot of this uh, marijuana music? A lot of this so called. Uh, a lot of these guys are, are. A lot of these guys are dangerous guys. And they're so when there. the kid walks up to Mike and then he's signing this thing, it's it had just finished raining. Mike is wearing sunglasses. In all black. Mm. And then I look at him and he's got this choker on. Mm. Right? Mm. And I'm like, hey, Eto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is what is this whole uh, thing here? And then Mike spits to me. I found it at Blizzard Beach. That's not accurate at all. Okay. That's not the true story. <laughs> you said, you said uh, you know, it's a Tiffany & Co. necklace. Yeah, man. It's fucking crazy. It's well, let crazy. me finish. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Fucking sorry, sorry, sorry. A. Sorry. Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting. <laughs> things get hot sometimes here on Tea Time. Mike and Mike. He says it's a Tiffany and Co. necklace. And since we have a relationship now with Tiffany and Co., I got a really nice deal on it. I said, what, 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 what do you mean you have a relationship with Tiffany and Co.? And then Mike tells me, what? Well, um, I met Tiffany. And no, <laughs> we, they, we we did a pop up with Tiffany. We okay. did a six day pop up with Tiffany that, we, you know, we were on an NDA at the time. So we weren't really allowed to, like, announce it or anything. But it was mind blowing. Can we talk about it now? Is it legal? Now we can talk. about. Oh, it. we can talk about it. It's, it's legal. Yeah, I love that. Amazing. We've already been like uh, we've done full podcasts and then we've had to strip six hours of our time oh because people have been like, no, we can't curse for. Our corporate people. Anyways, uh, I just want to be safe here. Yeah. We're in a safe space. No, no, no. You're in a safe space with us. Because, you know, we still only have 22 listeners. And, you know, you're in a safe space. Well, uh, at the end of this episode, it's going to be 2022. Okay, that's great. Because that's the year of our Lord. <laughs> okay. So, how did right, this so happen? Here's the deal. Uh, somebody, it's actually kind of crazy. Like, Tiffany was doing an event in Miami. They have this event they do. It's called the Blue Book event. And they basically, like, they take their, their like, biggest clients from all of their shops all over the, the U.S. and Canada and Mexico. And they send them to one place. Historically, it's always been New York. And they give them a tour of, like, uh, basically every piece that Tiffany has released that year. The pieces that they're planning on releasing next year. Excuse me. And, like, the, uh, and like the, the rocks. Just, like, raw jewels, you know. And basically, they, they did it in Miami for the first time this year. And they hired an event company to help them put it together. And it's crazy, bro. This girl that works at the event company, hey, Joanna, I, th- I think her name was Joanna. She met me at, a, at like a little tea tasting that we were doing at Eating House when it was a pop-up. Wow. So a long time ago. Eating House brunch pop-up. Wow. She met me serving tea there. That's a lot of years ago. Of course. Yeah, a lot now. That was 2012. It was early 2012. Yeah, 10 years ago. A decade ago. A decade ago. Eating House 2012 was the sexiest place. Eating House 2022. Yeah, they're about to open. They're about to open. It's about to be a thing, I think. That's right. That's right. You can sip JoJo there. Um, And and Chef Giorgio Rappacavoli and Alex Casanova, they're they're Miami Jewels. So so, uh, where where was I? So, okay. So this girl, she met me at that pop-up or or, or a little like serving that I was uh, tasting that I was doing there. 
And then her company was contacted by Tiffany to do an event. And they wanted a tea. Somebody that could brew tea like a la minute. And offer like a tea blending workshop kind of thing. And this girl was like, oh, I remember this guy from that event. And she had been following us on Instagram since then. So they, they reached out to us. And we ended up doing six days with them. Where it was amazing, man. Like people, they rented out a mansion in Pine Tree Drive. They emptied out every room. And they filled it with like displays of jewelry, you know. Mm-hmm. And everybody would walk up. Where, where like, was it again? Pine Tree Drive, Miami Beach. Oh, okay. Yeah, big beautiful mansion. Oh, the one that's like uh, there's water on both, like not yeah. on both sides. Yeah, yeah, kind. Um, yeah, yeah, like okay, a couple blocks out on each yeah, side, got it, and then got there's it. like, and then there's a big row of uh, big pine trees down the middle, got and like it. just beautiful houses on both sides. Heard that, bro. They rented out one of those houses, emptied out all the rooms, filled it with jewelry, like and like plants, you know. So every room had a jewelry display. Bro, they would take these clients, the clients would walk around, look, see everything in the room. Then at the end, they would walk outside Then they would say, okay, uh, would you like some 2008 uh, Dom Perignon or would you like to speak with Jojo T? What? To put Jojo T in the same sentence as Tiffany and Co. in 2008 Dom Perignon? Like that's like a, more of an honor than than I can ever. Bro, I started Jojo T with 2000 bucks. I was selling tea. To buddies of mine in a Ziploc bag. I didn't know what an invoice was. I was a yoga teacher. To be like operating with fucking on the table with Dom Perignon in the Tiffany's room. It's crazy, bro. It's You're crazy. a great yoga teacher, by the way. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> it's crazy, bro. It's crazy. It's like, uh, it's amazing. And now we're, we're you know, we're doing more like a... Uh, we're in conversations to do more private shopping events with them because, you know, like not everybody wants to drink like in the middle of the day if they want to like go buy something really nice and like to, to drink some some really high level teas, you know, is like a really nice way to do it. You still stay kind of sharp and clear minded. The chances of making a purchase that you'll regret go down a little bit because you're like clear minded, you know, mm-hmm. but you can still sip on like a like a, a balanced and nuanced flavor profile with mouthfeel and aromatic finish, you know. Cheers. Cheers to you. I mean, I was when when you told me the story, it was at a moment that we're standing in a parking lot about about to go to a Wu Tang Nas and Busta Rhymes concert. Yeah. But and I was for the kids for the children. man. And I was like, Mike's got to be fucking with me. Right. And then I drill a little bit more and it was like, I mean, it's it's incredible. It is, man. Right. From the story of starting with what you started with. To where you started and how you started and the whole journey like all the way through which you could find on a previous episode of Pancom podcast here if you go to our uh podcastography ladies and gentlemen you can check out our <laughs> our bibliography <laughs> podcast archives the archive the archives at date mag that's ads at date mag anyways um that whole story to be like affiliated with a company like tiffany and co crazy it's incredible. Crazy. I mean, I was like super taken by it. Obviously, we're in a moment. We're all drinking, having a good time. And it really like it consumed me a couple days later because it's just like everything is about the journey, right? Mm-hmm. The journey from like when you started and so many people want like the uh, quick satisfaction, the like they don't enjoy the journey. Yeah. They don't. Skip, en- they want to skip step one through eight. Right. They, yeah. they don't enjoy the process. Yeah. But like, you know, I, I think that it's like a lot of it has to do though. It's not necessarily that they don't enjoy the process. They don't know how. Like like the concept of going from zero to one 
is a lot more difficult than going from one to ten. You know, starting from nothing and like defining what it is that it stands for and defining an identity for it. Like, bro, I think that I was so lucky to have started Jojo T in 2011 when like Pub Belly and Eating House and Panther Coffee and Pub Zach Belly. And Baker. Big shout out to Jose Mendine, one of my favorite humans on the planet. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. And, and actually, and your homie Matt, also locale, the, those guys were all starting in 2011. And, and there was like this um, hunger for like uh, high quality food, you know, and like real craftsmanship. Well, I think that, that, you know, I think that, uh, not to go too much into Miami food, but like the, it's, there's been several decades, and I think you could look at the last like 30 years that there's been people that have been hungry at the beginning of decades that have pushed us to where we are today. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting, like. Have I been hungry at the beginning of decades? Yeah, that pushes them through that. Uh. You know, and I think that there's different, there's trailblazers, there's legends, and then there's people that are doing it now. Mm-hmm. You know, like us. We're the same age, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you look at the last, like, 30 years of food. I, I, I think you look at the food and beverage culture in, in total of Miami. It's like mm-hmm. you have people like Norman, Michelle, Douglas Rodriguez that have been doing it for the last 25 years. And you have people like Jose that they were, you know, Jose and Matt that and Zach. I mean, Zach's bakery, I believe, is 10. 2011. I remember, you, but back in 2011, it was like a commune. They were operating out of operating out of a house, out of a garage. Yeah. So you would also find that on the podcastography of Punkum Podcast. Um, it and how it pushes and how long it really takes, right? Yeah. Like there's so many like peaks. How long? And, how, well, how long? What really takes though? You know, because it's like we've come a long way, but we've got so far to go, dude. T like. Tea especially. Tea is so slow moving. Like you taste the tea and then like two years later, you're like, Coin, you know what? I'm kind of in the mood for tea. And then like six months after that, you're like, Coin, you know what? I'm kind of in the mood for tea. And it like it sneaks its way into your life if you but let I, it. But food is pretty similar. I like you can eat that dish and you can not think about it for months. And then remind yourself in four months from now that you really enjoyed the dish that you're having right now and that you want to have it again. I think everything F&B related is all about like an emotion, a moment, a mm-hmm. thing. It's an experience that you want to experience again. Sometimes people want to experience it every week. That's not super common. Unless you're talking about like rudimentary kind of like dining of every day or like tea drinking of every day. Not everyone drinks super nice teas every day. Not everyone has a Florida orange that looks like what you just had every day. Mm-hmm. So I think it's all like. But everybody eats every day. Correct. Everyone drinks but, every day too. Yeah, but but drinking tea is a different thing than drinking water or drinking wine or drinking anything like that. You drink tea like other people drink coffee? No, I drink coffee like other people drink coffee. I drink coffee almost every day. You but, drink tea every day? Yeah. But you're not the only one. That's other people drink tea every day. Yeah. Okay. Of course. But that's what I'm saying is that it's still it's still an act that can happen every single day. It's just yeah. a certain type of, or level of experience. That you may think of, I want to have that certain thing at that certain time. Yeah, no, I, I think that the only th- the, the point that I'm trying to make is just that, like, generally, what is happening. Generally, people don't go from <laughs> there's not, a carafe. <laughs> generally, people don't go from not having tea at all to having tea every day. Boom, like that. No, it's more it of sneaks like its way into yeah. your life. You know? Yeah, I feel that. Oh man, Can this I is a those pretty Negronis. Oh, I got I got a whole I got a whole thing. Look at this. Look at this! This is the first time on Banco Packet. Best is a, day of my life. Who, who was it? That this is why that man is the GM of this entire property. Because like uh, that, that is the smartest thing. Thank you, man. 
Just hey, bring him a large cube. I'll pour him from here. Yeah, yeah. This is a Cavassier Negroni. Mm. It, are, are we are we testing this for our dinner? That is correct. Wow, oh. this is. My and favorite. I liked it so much that I doubled down. Yeah. Oh, is, oh, you already had one. This is it. Uh, thanks to our upcoming dinner sponsor, Cavassier. Wow. I want to be. I want to be like Cavassier's guy. That's, I love it. I, I love, love it. that. Do you know who Leon Phelps is? I don't. The ladies' man, Tim, he uh, he was a ooh, it's a lady. Yeah, he's he's like he's the face of Cavassier. He's he's an important figure. How long have you been uh, chefing it up? <laughs> yes, bro. <laughs> Yo, have you never seen this? You've never seen this? Uh, never. So look on Saturday Night Live back in the day. You know who Tim Meadows was? When yes. We got, he had this character that he would do. That it was the ladies' man, and he was like a late, 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 late night AM talk guy. And he'd be like, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is the ladies' man. I'm sipping on my Cavassier cognac over here, and we're just waiting for some phone calls for some ladies to talk about some love topics. And it was like corny as fuck, but, uh, but it was hilarious. And then they made a movie, and Will Ferrell was in it. And every time a lady called, he would answer the phone, he would hear a lady's voice, and he'd say, Ooh, it's a lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. So, yeah, so the fundamental problem in Miami food and beverage, uh, I think, has to do with the uh, moment. No. <laughs> we're, we're, wait, we're talking about... Uh, just to, to get us a little bit... Back I mean, on track. I, I don't know if back on here track comes, is the right term, but... Uh, mm, here comes you, Nick. You were, the, the back and forth was about um, the experience or the conditions under which you might, like... Oh, yeah, right. Bring tea into your life. And since I'm already here, I will say I, I, I get what you're saying, Mike Ortiz, because there are two mics here. This is a Mike and Mike situation. By the way, the, the fact that my last name is Ortiz, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to name my son Coffees, I, listen, and his name will be Coffees Ortiz. That is, to this day, one of my favorite dad jokes. That's... That's a pretty good one. Let's yeah. let's not let that go away. Let's not let's not. Let's but that's going to be like a first name or a middle name. His first name will be Coffees. His oh my god! Name. How funny! That'll be his middle name. No, a middle name. Francisco Fran- Coffees Ortiz. Right. What do we it's got a, here? It's a question for life. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but but saying? but I I do think uh, and I'm I'm just throwing this out there because I think. Um, it, it's sort of the where the disconnect oh, sort of was. I was going to pour out of here. Drew, Drew you're nuts. Incredible. You're a crazy human. What yeah, is, I, I think there's a, there's a there's an element like a of triple like bore for Nickel there. Uh, Jesus Christ, this pe- podcast is on a bad track. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode. <laughs> sponsored by Cavassier Cone. <laughs> we are not sponsored no. by Cavassier today. Can I can I tell you? I, we'll go back to the experience of tea and food and all that stuff, mm. but. Um, the show hey, that cheers, man. Cheers. Cavassier Negroni. Cheers to you. Cheers to you, my brother. I'm super proud cheers of you, you King. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very man, proud you of you, Michelin Papi. Don't, don't, you know, don't, like, don't, don't, don't. Okay. Don't you condescend me, man? I'll kill you, man. <laughs> it's been a journey, man. Of course, bro. 2011 to 2022. We're going to 2023. I mean, how strong do you feel like JoJo is today? We're fucked. No, no, no. Okay. no, dude. No, I think honestly, it's like it's really interesting because like I, I look at it like we're starting a new business in the sense that like real like fortunately we were able to disrupt what tea is in a hospitality setting in Miami. 
we were able to disrupt that. But like now, looking back, I can say I love that. That's a very like we we did, bro. We changed tea culture in Miami, straight up. Like like, and and if anybody wants to argue with it, like call me, bro. Like or send us a DM. I'm not gonna argue that. Like we we bro. Like like from from Michael's genuine to Tinta y Cafe to to shared workspaces to like like we we changed the game in tea man like we before us there was no loose leaf tea in miami you know admari was doing her thing god bless her with uh, with kikasam tea but there was not a there was no loose leaf tea in miami like that was that was accepted in the fmb culture like that i'm really proud of that man we we changed the tea the tea game in miami i can tell you for me i've never drank tea in my life the only tea that I know and everything I know about tea is because of you and like what you guys have done. Yeah, man. Thank you. I mean, like, I don't, I mean, we, we take it seriously, bro. Like, like it's a 6,000 year old thing. And it's like, it's like, it's just refinement of deliciousness and flavor profile and mouthfeel and aromatic finish just for the sake of deliciousness. Right. You know what I'm saying? That to me is fascinating, man. That it's just one leaf that that leaf has so much depth. Like, like, I don't, you know, people that are listening, I don't know if you know this, but like white tea, green tea, black tea, oolong tea, poor tea, yellow tea, all comes from one plant. People Dog have been fat. messing with that plant since six, for 6,000 years at Dog least, shit. you know? So, uh, like, I, I just feel like it, it would be a crime for us not to have access to some of the more, like, uh, refined expressions of that, bro. Right. Yeah. I, I, I want to, um, you know, earlier we were sort of drawing comparisons to food and to the, but it was more of like a, uh, finding contrast for What's the person who, for the person who's like totally disconnected from the the tea world or the experience of tea. Mm-hmm. What what would you say is the closest analog? Like the one that comes to my mind because it's where where you and I have gone times is uh, is cigars, mm-hmm. right? But maybe there's another one that's closer in your mind. Same question. I think that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna like first I'm gonna say this. That that like as you were saying that I was realizing that tea is analogous to anything that you love because tea is a process driven thing that is like alchemizing water and energy and time and like energy is effort and time is time. Um, but that that being said, like, you know what I've been comparing it to a lot lately is vinyl, like playing music on vinyl. You know, you can put something on your headphones on Spotify as you're doing your thing and that's fine. But when you like get yourself a nice turntable and you get an amplifier and you get a sound system and you like and you put the needle on and you sit down and you like take that moment, the music rewards you in a very different way. Two two things. Mm -hmm. This morning I made breakfast. Yeah. What'd you make? No, it's not. uh, I made. um, You want to know what I made? Yeah. All right. I made uh, toast with. Uh, brown butter fried eggs. Wrong. Every day is duck day. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> Let me finish. You asked me a question. Let me finish before you just cut me off. Brown brown butter eggs finished with a bunch of herbs and capers on huh. top of the um, on top of the eggs and the toast. When you say brown butter, you mean like a soft scramble? No, no, no. I, I fried the egg. Okay. Once it was fried, I removed it. I browned the butter. Yeah. I added the herbs, lemon, oh, and capers. Nice. And then I put it over the top. Ah, nice, nice, nice. Very nice. But as I was doing that, I was listening to a um, Alice Coltrane. Mm. I forgot wh- which album. Journey it, in Sachitananda. I, I, it's, you know, I'll take a picture. I'll send it to you later. I don't remember. But she it was changed just, the game, bro. 
it was it was absolutely epic yeah right just like and it's it is i I mean i have a large vinyl collection so Mm -hmm. like it is that moment right like you know like the needle hits the vinyl it's a different experience of listening to music yeah and in the moment that you're living it makes you feel different the second time was post concert Mm -hmm. oh yeah we're pretty banged up yeah Right? That was a good time. We're left at the tea room. Can you play that one album? That was the last album we listened to. I don't remember which one it was. It was like the... The new Denzel Curry? No. It was the African music, like, oh. rock thing that we oh, listened to. Oh, the Zamrock. I think it was like Ngozi Family. Super, super intense. Yeah. But, like, you know, you could, like, feel it. Yeah. Just real quick, a note about the Zamrock movement. There's this, this dude, Egon, with Now Again Records. He uh, he's in some kind of hairy, situ- controversial situation now because of MF Doom's rhyme books, but we won't talk about that. But and he opened up a record label with Egon that's called Now Again that they put out just like rare shit, you know. And there's this movement called Zamrock that apparently in Zambia, the like uh, Jimi Hendrix tapes and like Led Zeppelin tapes and like kind of psychedelic rock tapes. Started their making, started making their way into Zambia in the early seventies. So like, this is what you were saying to me right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then at the same time, they started getting like uh, electric guitars and effects pedals and shit, mm. and they started making Zambian psychedelic blues that were like informed more by African rhythms. But in nineteen seventy six, there was a fundamentalist uh, revolution that closed the venues where the rock was played. So in 1976, the music just died. Like the the whole movement of Zamrock died. Yeah, it was great. That was the first time I ever listened to it. Yeah. So like, um, you know, I have moments at the crib that I listen to like some things that really like touch me. That Coltrane album that was given to me by Brittany Rothwell, which is actually another Pancom Podcast Hall of Famer. Mm. And um, I mean, it's one of my favorite albums. You okay? I just want to intersect really quick. I want to say something. Sure. You have no idea how happy I am to be here with you right now, talking on Panko Podcast. Welcome, like a like a, like a fucking ambassador. <laughs> this is the best day of my life. Thank you so much, Mike. It's good. It's it's wonderful to be invited. This to, is what to, you're doing. You're doing this right you. now. This is wonderful. Okay. This is wonderful. All right. Yeah, I know. I love you too. What were you saying? And that that moment there, because obviously I I love music so much, and I love learning about new music. I had never heard that before. Yeah. And it was like, you know, we had just listened to a bunch of great music. We had watched the fist fight break out three rows in front of Bro, us. We had watched some of the best of all time, man. Those guys changed the game. Wu-Tang changed the game. Nas changed the game. Buster Rhymes changed the game. And what's crazy to me about um, all three of them is that they were still really fucking good. Really good. Really fucking good. Yeah. And, you know, like all brought different energy to the game. Mm-hmm. And but they were all so incredibly good in their own way because they're all so refined, man. It's, but they're it's, all it's but like, they're all incredibly so different too. Uh, that's right, because, and that's that's the beauty of music, right? Mm-hmm. That's but I, it's the beauty of refinement because. But then, I, I like, think, it, but, but even furthermore, it's the beauty of like artistry, right? Like mm-hmm, you know, everyone exactly. has a different like artistic take. You do tea, I do food, right? They and then do, and, they, and like and, and they do hip hop and they do different variations of hip. Of course, but then like what that would not like talking about the corollaries between tea and music, like. Imagine, dude, China, like, today, to get from Wuyi Mountain to Phoenix Mountain is, like, a two-hour drive on a highway that cuts through a mountain. 800 years ago, that shit took eight months. 
You know what I mean? You had to like go around mountains to right. get somewhere, you know? So imagine something with a 6,000 year history in, in a terrain like that. Like, bro, tea on this village and tea from that village is like, bro, that's Tribe Called Quest and that's Nappy Roots. You know, it's like a different worlds. You know what I'm saying? So in the same way that like uh, that these guys like uh, refine themselves and, and refine the voice of their music. Bro, like charcoal roasted oolongs from Uyi Mountain versus like tea from a 500 year old tea tree in a, some forgotten mountain in Yunnan province. Like they're going to offer completely different flavor profiles and completely different moments when you heat the water and prepare your teapot and make the tea and drink it. Just like when you turn on your record player and you put the needle on and you turn on the amplifier and you turn on your speakers and you sit down and chill, you know? It was a very important thing for me in my house, like how I set up, how I listen to music. Mm. It was like a, it just needs to be like the focal point. I have like a really big TV that I never use. Yeah. And I much. I don't know. I didn't, like, talk, bro, you, you. All right. I guess we're not going to acknowledge all the texts that you send me. Oh, come watch The Bachelor. Come watch The Bachelor. Right. Like, right. what's dude, you love The Bachelor, man. Just ladies once in a gentlemen, while. Mike, Mike Guilty texts pleasures me, are fine. Hey, come watch The Bachelor reruns at least also, three times a week. I also drink Trulies, and that's totally fine. So, okay, okay, that's fine, you know. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do uh, drink Trulies, but I don't watch The Bachelor ever. <laughs> that's, that, that's If you're listening from Truly, that's ads at datemag.com. <laughs> I'll capitalize on that all day. <laughs> we are uh, planning multiple podcast dinners, and we would love to happen. pair Just every course with Trulies. He's mm. going to take it all. Mm. I think the, mm. the bigger thing, too, is that like as we get older... Speak for yourself, dog. I get younger with every passing day. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important to find like the joys and smaller things in life. Fuck yeah. Which is and to give ourselves permission to accept small victories as they come instead of being obsessed with the fucking big things that we dream of. Yeah, but I mean, everything is okay. This is great. So like smaller victories add to a larger thing being won. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I mean, that's that's the that's the reality. And that's like the biggest problem with everything today. I don't think they understand what it takes to do that. And I think that's the reality of what we live today. Who doesn't understand that? People in general. Just people man. in general. People don't in understand general. what it takes to go from zero to one, to build some shit. They don't. Yeah. I mean, I, would you say that the percentage is less than five? Bro, the thing is that, like, I think that it's it's a tr it's tricky because, like. Well, but it's all. Wait, but I'll also preface this with this is, like, what do you figure success to be? Right. Like I figure su success to be like, I don't ever want like 50 restaurants and to be in every corner of the United States or whatever. Like my success, we're sitting in my success. The yeah. fact that we have built upon that is icing on the fucking cake. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm incredibly blessed, you know? So. Yeah, I think what 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 do people find to be successful? Right. Like, are you just getting clicks on social media? Are you. Are you just like the face of whatever? Are you what is? Um... I think that like the 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 more thorough people are in defining what success is to them, the more the outside world notices, and the more they change the world. Because like 
when you define success for your for yourself, you change the world because nobody has the momentum behind them that you have. Nobody has a story behind them that you have. Nobody has the reason behind them that you have. When that thing happened to you in fourth grade that made you think about something a certain way, no, that happened to nobody but you. Like when when people define success for themselves is when they change the world. When people fucking uh, let the Kardashians or Kanye or somebody else def- define success for them, right? Then they, bro. Even if they're successful, they people throw a bottle at them on stage. Nobody would throw a bottle at Kendrick. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying to compare fucking Kid Cudi to Kendrick, but what I'm saying is that like when you're when you're successful, like from the roots of your like psycho spiritual being, it's it's like it's it's rooted in reality. The problem bro. is is that. In today's world, like everything success related is related to dollars in the bank account. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. But in reality, there's some people in the world that figure success to be like, I'm gonna open a quickie mart and I'm gonna provide for my family of four and I'm gonna do that for the rest of my life, and they find themselves successful and I find that beautiful. Yeah, but they're also measuring it by dollars in the bank. Are they really? Yeah, because they need enough dollars in the bank to send them to the but private maybe, school maybe, to make the fucking get a, a, may, a doctor. Maybe their entire thing was like they wanted to have the best Quickie Mart in whatever city they're in. Okay, God bless them. But it doesn't mean that it's it's related to dollars in the bank account. I think I think that if it's like if if I don't know, I think that like something because I'll tell you what. Look, when I was in college, I took a lot of acid. And I fucking thought that, like, capitalism was, by definition, evil. I thought that, bro, like, look, I'm not, I, I don't come on, I, I, I love you, bro. And, like, and, and like we had our show together. I don't come on your show to, to skate around topics. I'm going to talk about the truth, you know? Like, bro, fuck, I don't know. I lost my train of thought now. Oh, man, that was, so, it was, it was uh, a good train of thought. How are you going to lose that? It was, there was acid good. and your thoughts It on was such a good lead up. Yeah, that, so, that? so look, like, like when, I, when I first like, like took acid in college and started thinking about capitalism, like I grew up in, in a family of banking, you know? Both of my parents were bankers. Mm. And like, bro, my dad dedicated his whole life to financing and to banking and he like been obsessing. And then in 2008, he lost everything when the crash happened. You know what I mean? And then, and, and I felt mistakenly, I felt that business back then, I felt that business was by definition wrong, by mm-hmm. definition evil. Sure. Because even if you dedicate your whole heart and soul to it, it could come around and just take everything that you want based on the whims of a market. And furthermore, ultimately, if you're selling a product, I thought you must be exploiting something because you're taking a product and trading it for, for this like uh, currency. Sure. But, but n- I feel now like money is a value of energy. The amount of energy that it takes to make a dollar is something that like you don't know unless you've made that dollar, bro. You don't know unless you've had to make a dollar. You sure. know what I'm saying? And the amount of work that it takes to make that dollar and to build on that and to grow on that while doing it in a way that you believe in and doing it in a way that you're sharing something. Ooh, I mean, that you don't feel that you don't feel fuck, that, that you could look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and feel like, bro, I feel good about every single sip of my product that was taken. And I know that my product was sipped on thousands of times today and every day. And I know that every single one was good unless somebody said, que mola boca pobrecito. But other than that, <laughs> other than that bro, I, I know that everybody, every, every single sip of tea was a moment of peace. You know what I mean? Well, but I, I think that I think you nailed it, right? Like, okay. So, like, m- 
equally like my dad also was i was born into a family of like business mm-hmm. lots of business was happening business was good then business was bad yeah and then business went away mm-hmm. right so i had this negative connotation of like what business really was right it's like um takes family away from you like you don't have time with your family exactly. and so on by and definition so forth. yeah by definition right but then when you attach it to something that means more than just dollars mm-hmm. right which is something that for me we obviously we have to make money to do the things that we do it's that the dollar is the unit of measure you yeah, know? But, but it's also the, it's and what you, if you want to do something it costs dollars. It's also the unit of execution, right? Like right, you need, exactly. You need the dollar to be able to execute what you want to execute. Exactly. What is it that you want to execute to the world? Exactly. What is it that I want to execute to the world? What you want to execute to the and world? And it doesn't matter is, how noble that dream is if you don't have the resources to make it happen. Exactly. But you need to be smart enough in the process, and you need to train yourself in the process to be ready to do that. Of course, because then, like the way in which you amass the wealth is going to dictate the context in which that action is received. If you fucking raise your money by fucking selling children to whatever and then you fucking and then you make and then you make all your money and you make a an orphanage, it's like you you will you will justifiably be called a hypocrite. You know what I'm saying? And that's obviously an extreme example, but I'm that saying That is an extreme example. What I'm trying to say is What an exciting episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the the I think what you do for a living is beautiful. Thank you, I man. I think that what we do for a living is beautiful because yeah. we're providing an experience, whether it's a moment of peace. A moment of deliciousness. It's a moment of like... That transcends, ex- ex- Experience, a memorable moment, mm-hmm. something that you share with somebody, whether it's this dish that you're having or the music that's playing. Or by yourself, or, bro. Sitting down at the bar and having a venison at the bar at area by yourself. Is, oh, that is, is a, that is, is a good time. Gold. That is a good time. Yeah, I love I love the idea of that moment, and I am incredibly proud to be able to pro- provide that for people. Now, things I have said and, in the and, past, and, and really quickly, and and because I think that this is important, because this is something that I'm also really proud of, to become recognized as an authority of that moment, to become recognized that bro, like okay, these people have been putting decade uh, over a decade into just that moment of the bite that moment of deliciousness everything else happens yeah everything else is going on but that moment of the sip that moment man like to be to be recognized at the level that you've been recognized at the level that i've been recognized is like is is bro well, like what else can we ask for? it's equal to like that moment you have with music right mm-hmm. like i just today listening to that music that moment of music being able to cook some food for people that I care about, for myself, for like all of that stuff really matters to me. And it matters so much more than the dollar. Mm-hmm. The dollar just makes me, it, it gives me the ability to make it happen. Of course. Right? And you need to understand how to spend that dollar, how to make it make sense, how to make it make sense for everybody in the room. And sometimes like you, some I'm sure there's people that don't agree with the way that you spend money or agree with the way that i spend money but it doesn't matter right like well i think it, is, it depends on who it is uh, can, can i just I, I think that there's um do we have a caller do we have the, a caller the, no I, I, we don't have a caller no, norfolk you. virginia hello oh, oh man that would be so good can I, you imagine? I i think that this that this question there i'm it, it this conversation brings to mind uh, a post from past banco podcast guest uh nidal uh, Nidal Ahmad. Big shout to uh, Nidal. Big shout to Nidal. No, not uh, not Nidal Barake. 
Uh, but, All right, well, big shout to Nidal Baraka because I love that guy. Yeah, but uh, Nidal Aman, <laughs> uh, P- a Pincho, Pincho Factory co-founder. Oh, word. Oh, that Nidal. Yeah, okay, Nidal yeah, that guy's, that guy's uh, dope too, man. He, he recently put, a, put a, an Instagram story uh, soliciting answers to the question, and I will pose the question to the two of you because I think it kind of goes to what you're talking about here in a way. How do you want to be remembered? Like what is at like a, at, at like a root level – it's when tough, you're huh? when you're gone and people are saying like each of these mics like mic one and mic two and I'll let, I'll leave it to you to decide which one is one and two did X like what do you want people to actually say Bro, in in the broad strokes you're definitely mic one right like, you be, you brought me onto the show there would be <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> there would be the honest like the part of my like poetry but there would be no greater honor than to be an echo in the teacups of miami and of america in the future man that a cup of tea is a moment of peace well i mean it's the history of tea it's so deep yeah and 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 like the history of tea is nothing without the people that dedicated their lives to making it available you know and to and to and to teaching people how to interact with it and like uh and like and yeah and it's like it's an honor to be in that in that family around the world to not to be an asshole about it, but like if you had to be an asshole, Nick. yeah, like you're, in, you're in, in like it. two or three sentences, like Mike Ortiz did what? Huh. At the end, I want people to say that I changed American tea culture, that I changed tea culture. That's it. Uh, like that, that, like everything else is in service of that because in that, that I, that I, that I changed American tea culture. That's it, man. Because it, like if you that practice of heating water and making tea and drinking it everybody wants to drink delicious tea but nobody wants to fucking heat water because that takes energy you know what i mean that practice of heating water and making tea and drinking it changed my life and if i can like meaningfully introduce that to america in a way where we as a culture are heating water and making tea and drinking it and taking a moment giving ourselves that moment you know what i mean to transcend the moment, the worries of our fucking day to day life, man. It's like that's. I think that would be amazing. How how would you answer that, Mike? Number two. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the number two. That's fine. I mean, that's a heavy question, right? Yeah, but I mean, I think that like the the, the way that you live your life answers it, bro. You, like you all, you you like something that I think is important to remember that that like when I think of Ariette. Your menu, like like this this restaurant in any other city in the world, would be like, what the fuck is this? But this, <laughs> <laughs> but this menu in Miami is like, this makes sense and is dope. This makes sense and is what Miami aspires to be on a plate. Like, I think that you, bro, you 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 show us like what deliciousness in Miami can be. Like, that's that's man, that's incredibly sweet, and I don't even know how to answer that. Is that how... Okay, so for me, I've thought about this a lot because like we, we've obviously gone through some growth. We've had a very good year. Accolades are great. God bless you, bro. Accolades are amazing. Things have been very good. I think for me personally, also, it's like reining it in and like being... Uh, having a perspective on like what's happening, which is very important mm-hmm. on growth. If you don't ever... If you can't ever sit back and think about like where you came from, that process, that journey, and then where you're at today, and then where you want to go, right? If you don't ever have that moment, you're not going to have a clear 
vision of where we, where you would like to be. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. To be clear, if you don't have that moment of just like stepping back and taking perspective, right? Yeah, you're you're not gonna have a good idea of like where you want to be in ten years from now. Of course, because like Area turns seven in January. Wow, Jesus Christ! It's crazy, right? <laughs> seven in January. That to me, it's still like it blows my mind. We right, turned seven in January. Sitting with you in the front porch when you were like, "We're gonna open this restaurant called Area." What you went to Berlin? I went to Columbus. <laughs> you play football too? <laughs> We should be friends and hang out, dog. Anyway, Ariette's going to be a new American restaurant, bro. And that's, and that's an interesting moment, right? You remember that? It's an interesting moment because I was incredibly... I, I, I don't totally remember that. I was probably a couple of Jamesons in Guinness Deep. But I think the interesting moment is me saying it's a new American restaurant because it's not. Of course. The day that I decided... That I was going to like shed all the insecurities of who I was and where food should be and what the food I really want to cook is the day that this restaurant changed forever. Mm. And it's the day that I said that like I want there to be another kid from Cuban descent to say like there was a dude doing Cuban food that was different Mm. and something that they thought like if our country wasn't where it is currently and where it's been for the last 60 years, maybe the food would be like this. Yeah. Shouts to Chef Miguel Massens. I feel like he would very much resonate with uh, 100%. Yeah. 100% he would. And, you know, today where I'm at is like, I just want to have an impact for another generation of people, of cooks like me that may be a little bit lost. Who are we? What kind of food do we do? Is it wrong to change it? Yeah. Is it wrong to like turn it on its head and say like, fuck that. I know that's the way it was supposed to be. And that's the way that people do it. Is it wrong to change that? It's not wrong to change that because that's what you believe in. Mm-hmm. And for me, I feel like that's been the entire journey. It feels like you, you it seems like you want to be like a lighthouse, <clears throat> a lighthouse for young aspirational Miami chefs that are trying to like define what their food is but have never seen that food on a plate before you know what i mean i was in new york last week and i was a bunch with a bunch of like uh michelin brass people right like great people super inviting um i think like very wholehearted people hospitality just just like really care really care about good food Mm -hmm. right and i said you know like i think i'm the first chef from cuban american descent to like win a star yeah have a restaurant that won a star really yeah and they were like you know i i I think you're right and i'm I'm like yeah i'm i'm pretty sure that i'm right it resonates to me but it doesn't resonate to a bunch of other people because we're just like a small blip like we're just in the caribbean small thing but it it digs so deep to me because there's a whole generation of humans that sacrifice their entire life to give me this opportunity. Mm-hmm. So if I can, if I can just guide people, couple cats doesn't matter, to have their own expression in the future, then I've done my job. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I would like to say. If you can guide people, 
if I can guide a couple people like me, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I had very little guidance. Oh, where 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 to help them like define their their career and define their and it could be and it could be in any kind of cuisine. It could be in any kind of thing. It could be in Haitian food. It could be in Dominican food. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. How do you see it? How do you want it to be seen? How do you want to tell your story? Nashville fried chicken. We do Nashville fried chicken <laughs> drive-throughs all around the city. No. You can just pull up, pick up your set. This is the future. Nashville fried... Dude, I went to Nashville one time. But are you going to serve tea with I the went, Nashville fried chicken? If the people want it. I went to Nashville one time and I left. I was depressed that I couldn't have that hot chicken. Chef, just think about it. You We're don't, have, you do don't have to give me a hard answer now. Just think about it. It's a hard no. You know, it it, it sounds like... It. and. And I'm only jumping in because I think this is like the maybe the first time that it. it's been framed this way in a conversation on the podcast. It's like of uh, of Ariette and the Just role that Ariette plays as like uh, as a model, not necessarily for specifically Cuban food, but like any kind of maybe you think of it more broadly than this. But I'm where my head goes is like how. Somebody think about lives. it. Fried hot fried chicken, Nashville yeah. fried chicken on a drive. I'm sorry, Nick. I'm yeah. being an asshole. So, somebody who lives Shocker. like in a in a diaspora would approach oh their food, right? Somebody who lives who who grows up in a culture that is being preserved away from its home, which again applies mm-hmm. to say Haitian food or Dominican food or. Uh, but not to every. But, it, but Cuban food, most blatantly, there's a fucking embargo. Right. Well, well, that's that's why I'm saying, like, I'm I'm saying specifically, like Haitian and Dominican, because both of those are countries that like have been in different ways. Not, I mean, fuck the embargo, the dictatorship that oh, has boy. affected how you got them going. How the the culture inside of that country has been affected in a way that like Mexican culture has not been affected, but Haitian and Dominican food have been. Of right. course, but the like, dictatorship and the embargo are part of the same conversation. Yeah, they're part of the same conversation. But oh. I mean, I mean, b- b- fine. But then I guess we can start to talk about how like fleets were affected by like n- Russian nuclear warheads or something. So, like at some point, were they? I mean, I guess if we're gonna get that, you know, if we're gonna treat the relationships that loosely, are we treating the relationships that loosely, Nick? I mean, you I are. are. You are. I'm not. I am. Yeah, you are. You think so? I think so. Ooh, I can't wait for this. <laughs> I'm gonna step back now. Just, I just what relationship am I treating loosely, Nick? I think that I, I think that we're talking about uh, how one particular dictatorship affected the cuisine of a nation, and you are making the distinction between Cuba and the rest of the the what makes Cuba unique. The embargo. I don't think the embargo makes Cuba unique. I think the Cuban dictatorship makes Cuba unique. Are they not part of the same conversation? Like I feel, the, I feel like you're like begging for an they're argument. Part, they're right part now. of the they're part of the same conversation in the way that tea and razor blades are part of the same. conversation. I strongly disagree. God damn it! Razor blades cut people if you have, if you intend them to. Like, bro, I strongly disagree. And they've, I mean, you're looking the, to get me like risen the, 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 here. Well, Excuse I mean, me one no, second. I'm not looking to rise anybody. Dude, uh, the, the embargo. The embargo was a direct response to the dictatorship. Razor chips have binga to do with tea, so I don't see the connection. With all due respect, razor blades as being a tool in the harvest of tea. In some cases, on sure. like on two mountains, right? And Cuba is not the only country that's had an embargo imposed on it by. So the the embargo is a tool. The embargo is a response to the root problem of the dictatorship. 
the dictator. Whatever you want, bro. The point that I was trying to make was this, right? We are an exile community and right. that our parent company has an embargo on it. As a direct result of the dictator that you are saying and the dictatorship that you are saying. So I'm not disagreeing with you, bro. Right. All right. But, but what I'm saying is that the, the what has impacted the cuisine of, of that particular country, of that island, mm-hmm. is the dictatorship. Oh, you heard it here, folks. Well, oh. I mean, yes. I mean, but that's accurate, I mean, though. Uh, I'm not disagreeing. I mean, I don't understand the point that we have to fucking interrupt the conversation to make it to make okay, that well, to make it clear that the dictatorship. Of course. Okay. Well, I mean, if okay, if we're talking about who's interrupted what, you jumped in to insert the embargo into the conversation of the dictatorship and what affected the diaspora's cuisine. Of course. So I'm not the one who started interrupting things to to correct the politics of the conversation. All right, I'm sorry, man. Okay, I'm, uh, so no, you, it's not, it's not whether you fucked up or not. We can have a disagreement about it, but, the but we're question, not even the, disagreeing. the point that I the point that I was making was that we're that was that we're an exile community who is this who is not only this uh, located from our mother country, from the dictatorship, but from but but also by an embargo. That's the only point I'm trying to make. Of course, the embargo we, is a direct result of the dictatorship. We by we, we are like we we are a heavily traumatized community, and this conversation that's happening right now ha- has been happening since fucking nineteen fifty nine. And you know, bro, and Nick, at the end of the day, bro, I love you to death, man. I'm, I, I didn't mean to. I, I'm not trying no, 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 to fucking no, no. like there's, there's muckrake a... shit here, but but. Uh, what's up, bro? I know, Danny. Get out of here. Go there's, away, Danny. There's a lot of hand yeah. horns happening. So that's what it is, man. I no, mean, uh, we we are. Uh, community that was stopped allowed to grow right like we were not allowed to grow and as and as such we took over a city and flourished very much right flourished very much so it's like the the limitation provided the friction for the but the creativity aspect of what like let's just go back to like what i do i'm gonna make this more about me okay (laughs) i'm gonna make this more about me the creativity aspect of what i do food creativity like being who you are was stopped allowed like it wasn't allowed to happen right Mm -hmm. there was not allowed growth within creativity and artistry when it comes to like anything in cuba for 60 years so what i'm saying is the food that we do today is a direct result if people were allowed to grow if people were allowed to have their own thought if people were allowed to have the tools that they needed to be successful, mm-hmm. right? Maybe the food would look like this. Mm-hmm. And that's the impact that I would like to have that's on what the makes community. That's beautiful. That it's like, it's inherently aspirational. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's, 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 it's like a fucking dream. It's the taste of a dream of freedom of food. It's a taste of a, of like, what does freedom taste like? And, and it's most, uh, aspirational sense with like, with like the classical training that you had. You know, it's like uh, that's what makes your restaurant so beautiful, man. Like you, you deserved a star from before the star, and then you know whatever. Like people want to get on me for writing you for you know whatever. It is what it is, bro. You you've deserved a star for a long time. You, you've changed the people city, get man. on you for that. Of course, I'll, I'll throw out there by the way that like <laughs> that that all of those things are true of Mike uh, of Mike Beltran. But I, I think that in some way, even if like less explicitly and less deliberately, they're true of you too, right? Because you bring a certain perspective to tea culture. Straight up. Like in, in a way, Amen. like there's there's an aspect of it that's like, what if this, this what if this guy had Look been in poor. Havana or wherever you, you might have been born in Cuba? Mm-hmm. What if this guy had gotten into tea and yoga in 
I'm gonna just throw out random cities. I don't know where your family's from, but in Ciudad Avila or yeah, whatever, like, right? Like, w- w- like in a way, there's an element of that. Like the way that you approach it, the way that you talk about it, the way that the music that you play while you're drinking tea, like all of that shit. Like, there's even if Mike Beltran at Ariette is is doing that in a more deliberate, explicit way. That idea, I think, kind of like lives in you, right? Yep. Like, I, I don't, I don't drink tea with you and feel like I'm drinking tea with, I, I don't know, somebody uh, from China who's several generations deep into this tradition. I feel like I'm with somebody who, ha- who speaks my language in a way too. Yeah, but I think that, like, uh, like I think that, like, what, like, we, we, we make a. When you were in 1997. And at a party, and you were 12 years old, and Esa Morena came on. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I don't even need to finish that sentence. You know what I'm saying? And somebody broke out the tea. Bro, the people, like, like what I'm saying is, like, is like if when in that moment somebody would have walked up to you and been like, hey, when you're 35, what are you going to want to eat? You would have imagined a plated Ariette. You know, and and if some and if you would have walked up, hey, 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 bro, turn that shit down, bro. You're gonna make me go crazy right now, dog. <laughs> Shout out to DJ Lies, the patron saint of the 305. The fire, ladies and gentlemen, so good. Anyway, sorry, yo, man. the shit that was going down I on couldn't dance help floors. It. I couldn't help it. Yo. I was fucking chugging absolute vodka and oh like, my god! And when I was thir- uh, thirteen, not twelve, thirteen. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a sweaty mess that was happening <laughs> on those dance floors, bro. It's a bunch of teenagers slamming their bodies against each other. Anyway, uh, no, but I feel like it's like it's like you know, like bro, like like in this because okay, so look, I'm thinking right now about there's this there's this kind of tea, Phoenix Mountain oolongs, right? But we carry two Phoenix Mountain oolongs, one called Milan Xiang and one called Duck Shit. Those two teas, like Phoenix Mountain has, it's like a lightly oxidized oolong, which means that the leaves are plucked, then they're rolled and bruised, then they're allowed to sit and like darken for a little bit, then they're roasted over charcoal, just like really lightly. So you got a kind of like fruity, floral flavor palette stuff like uh, lychee and carnation and and toasted almonds, stuff like that. And it's like so dynamic, you know, like you taste it and you get the fruit and you get the flour and you get the toasted nut and you get like some coconut oil stuff. And it's like, it's a tea that that tastes like Miami in a way. Because it's like the the dynamics of like growing up, going to the fucking quinceañeras and like hear, <laughs> hearing about your friend, like hearing about your friend sneaking off into the side of a quinceañera and losing his virginity to some loca behind a bush like that's how we grew up bro <laughs> that's how we grew up yeah, and i think that like we can taste it like i hope that like in a tasteful way you can taste that at my tea room you know and i hope that, that be, because like that's what that, those are the most exciting moments of our lives man being young teenagers in miami doing things that we knew were dangerous and like but that miami is the only city in the world where like teenagers were doing that remember like I remember being 17 years old and some Lourdes girl's dad was like an owner of, cl- of Club Honey. And we would all go to Club Honey in South Beach, like 17 years old, you know. And we would all go like clubbing in South Beach and just drink until 11 o'clock in the morning and like 
live like kings. No, I, we were fucking idiots. You know what I mean? Right. But it's like, I feel like growing up with that, like, Caribbean uh, social dynamic of Miami, of the quinceañera life and the booty base and all that shit. It like it it Miami is the best city in the world, bro. I've been to a lot of cities in the world, and Miami is the best city in the world, man. I'm, I'm gonna jump in here and note. I'm gonna let Michael Beltran uh, take mm. the you know do what he wants here, but we are coming up on the hour and thirty mark pretty soon. So, so what is Rage Against the Machine? Oh man, uh, you know they canceled the rest of their tour. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Zach is having some health problems. I heard. Right. I mean, I went to their, I went to their concert in DC. Yeah. With Falco and Carlos. Oh, dope. And um, it was great. But Zach was already like on one leg. Damn, man. So he was um, sitting, sitting the whole time. Yeah. And then I heard they canceled the rest of their tour. Bro, I saw him. I saw them in 2007 in Rock the Bells in New York, and that was the most. It was cr- like when. Bro, we saw in that show, Nas, Wu-Tang, um, EPMD, Public Enemy, Cypress Hill, uh, Talib Kweli, Mos Def, The Roots, Erica Badu, all of those guys. Mm. Yo, and then Rage came on. Bro, I, I'm not exaggerating. There was like there must have been like 50,000 people there. It was Rock the Bells 2007 New York in Roosevelt Island. Bro, when Rage Against the Machine started playing, my feet left the floor. I bet. And didn't come down like until I was like a hundred feet away. I bet. The amount it's like an ocean. Of I mean it was it was like that and energy. We were sitting in the rafters Yo, for that concert madness. and it was like it was such an intense and you know Wizards, I mean, bro. Those guys are wizards, man. We're also older and they've been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. I can relate. I, I their- stopped liking them when they got political. Right. Well, so I mean, I can, I can, I can relate all their songs to like a moment in my life, yeah, and a thing that I was ha- that was happening in my life that I would just listen to that one song over and over. And even now, like, there's songs that I listen to theirs like over and over and over and over again, yeah, because it just like, yeah. But when they first like, I remember, when I first became aware of them was like elementary school MTV Bulls on Parade. Mm. I was like, what is this, bro? Like, it's great, yo. I was I would just like turn that all the way up and jump on the couch like an idiot. That shit was fire, man. Remember the presidents of the United States? It's lump, it's lump, it's lump. Is in my head. Remember that? Um, Millions of peaches, peaches <laughs> for me. Remember that? So now that we've, ladies uh, and gentlemen, this has been another really- exciting episode of Tea Time with Mike and Mike. We hope you've enjoyed yourselves. We've been sipping Negronis and shipping champagne and eating on the sexy livers of chickens and fucking geese. Yeah, fat geese. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope I think it's important <laughs> it's important to note now that you have like a Tiffany and Co collaboration and things. What's up? We made it. What what is what is the possibility in uh, other than really interesting Instagram posts? What is next for JoJo T? Bro, honestly, like, okay. What is next for JoJo T is that I'm focusing specifically on, like, how to change how people drink tea at home. Mm-hmm. 110%. I think that, like, we've been very lucky to have success in changing the way that people drink tea at restaurants. And that's amazing, you know? 
in Miami. If you're willing to spend $6 on a cup of tea at a restaurant, bro, if you're willing to spend $3 on an at-home tea serving, you're drinking some high-grade level tea. If you're willing to spend $10 on an at-home tea session, you're drinking luxury-grade, world-class, top-shelf level tea. And you can brew that shit 15 times mm. and you can, brew, and you can, you know, a bottle of water, a bottle of wine that you spend 60 bucks on, you can get four nice cups out of it. A tea, you can brew it 15, 20 times and, and that serving is going to cost you 10 bucks. Like we define luxury tea as anything that's over a dollar per gram. And if you want to like brew your tea back to back to back multiple times, you're going to want to use like seven grams of tea, you know? Like a, a lot of tea and a little bit of water. So how do you change that? I'm working on it. <laughs> okay. Okay. But how are you working on it? Step one, create interesting videos on Instagram. Show that like tea is not that serious. We don't take ourselves that serious. We take tea seriously. We don't take ourselves seriously, bro. Heard that. Tea is, you don't have to be a fucking Buddhist monk in a mountain in Taiwan to enjoy tea. I love However, that idea, though. if you are on a mountain in Taiwan enjoying tea, you're going to have some really enlightening breaths. For sure. Know? But what like but that what's next for Jojo T is to show is to is to show what T can be. Not not just like not like so far, Jojo T has been focused on showing you everything that you'd ever want out of a T, we are that. You want a tea that's historically significant, we are that. You want a tea that's organic, we are that. You want a tea that's master crafted, we are that. The next step is to show you what can tea be beyond that. You know, what can tea how how good can it get mm. and how good can it get how good can your moment of peace get like at the end of the day it's not about the tea it's about you it's about you taking the moment to heat the water and make the tea and drink it and enjoy the six thousand years the trillions of hours that went to making that tea taste like that mm. that particular tea on that particular mountain from that particular village from that particular strand of the bush Trillions of hours, generations went into making it taste like that. Trillions? Yeah, bro. That's a lot of hours. 6,000 years. That's a lot of hours. Quadrillions. Quadrillions. Quintillions of hours. You sound like Andre right now. Andre Benjamin? 3,000. No, 3,000. Yeah, Andre 3,000. Wow, damn, that's an yeah. honor, man. Thank you for Trillion. saying that. Well, now that we know the future of JoJo T, Nick, what do you have other than embargo talk? <laughs> I, I have. Uh, I have I've to, never been known to be the one to lighten up the conversation, but I mean, here that, I am. That sounded like more of an instigation. Than like, <laughs> uh, Weird. I, what I have Weird. is the wind down. This is um, where we wind things down, I ladies mean, and gentlemen. Oh, wait. I have an ad that I was supposed to read. Oh, yeah? Ladies and gentlemen, this show was sponsored by JoJo Tea. JoJo Tea is the finest tea company in the history of the world and actually the dopest tea company in the history of the world. Finest and dopest. And tea has been around for 6,000 years, so we're lucky to have the dopest of the dope in Miami, Trillions Florida. Of uh, Trillions. If you want to so know, many. our best product is the JoJo Club. It's a seasonal subscription for $78 per box. I send you the teas that I'm most excited to drink each season. You can get aged stuff. You can get fresh stuff. But it's all um, historically significant, authentic stuff based on what's coming up. And October 26th, I'm going to Taiwan for three weeks. I'm going to be bringing some dope stuff back. Yeah, bringing some teaware back for the JoJo website. Follow us on Instagram at SipJoJo. Follow me personally at MichaelTheJoJo. I'm uh, DJing as well and, you know, just 
having fun and creating. He's got a radio show. I've got a radio show. He's it's got called a radio Villain show. Paradise, and I'm also a part of Chill Paradise with Afro Monk. We, we punk on podcast. Chill, Para- Chill Paradise does uh, more like uh, funk and soul and like electro hip hop. And then Villain Paradise, we play a lot of hip hop, hip hop and guawanco and African rock and the samba and everything. I like the sound of it. It's dope. It's fun. Just hip hop is like the backbone of the show, but we 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 go far out and come back. Yeah. Weird that you go far out and you come back. I'm shocked. Welcome to the future. I didn't even think that Welcome would be a to thing. The future. Weird. Uh, so this is where we do our wind down. Everybody recommends a thing or multiple things. It could be as many things as you want. Mm, could be a great. thing you read, watched, ate, did, a place you went, uh, thing you listened to, whatever it might be. Uh, Michael the JoJo, if you'd like to go first, you can, or you could pass it off to <laughs> other people. Yeah, uh, I want to recommend uh, an album called Itadi. A, I'm sorry, I T A D I. By an artist called Itadi, I T A D I. Got it. And it's a there's a country in Africa called Togo, T O G O, and it's like Togo kind of a funk, and it's beautiful. And uh, whenever anybody like lately, whenever anybody asks me like, dude, do you have any musical recommendations? I'm like, just listen to Itadi. That is a rhythmically uh, fascinating music that needs to be heard and enjoyed more and and needs to be better known so itadi from togo love that is it my turn i mean if you'd like it to be what was the last time that we did this this podcast yeah (laughs) 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 i I, Uh, the only reason i ask is because the last five weeks have been really intense there's a lot of travel and I'm like a little burnt out. Did you all travel? Where'd you go? I, I saw you, you, were, you were cooking somewhere. So uh, the last five weeks have been Atlanta back, mm. Charlotte back, mm. Atlanta oh, again cool. all right. for five days to do two Michelin events mm. and then New York and back. Hell yeah. So the, the last time was with, uh, with Ashley Moncada. That was, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. So that was before Atlanta. Probably before all these trips. Yeah. Great. So... I have two recommendations, food-wise, none of which are in the city, just because mm-hmm. I've, I've dined elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I actually have three you recommendations. A, this is a global podcast. Global, yeah. Boop, it, boop, 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 boop. There it is. So in Atlanta, I ate at a place called Marcel. I may have um, shot it out before. It was, it, It's incredibly delicious. Marcel. They, yeah, they kind of like uh, market themselves at a steakhouse, but like they have... Some really good stuff. Cocktails are great. Service is great. The space itself is great. Um, in New York, I ate at a Korean barbecue place called New Wanjo. Mm. Fucking delicious. So good. I was so full. It was painful, but it was so incredibly delicious. Yeah. And then I ate at a one star in Brooklyn called Francie. Mm. Um, oh, I've heard of them. Man, they were just like... The food was great, so incredibly well executed. Like everything was like super precise, but the place was fun. It was engaging. And then also the humans that own it were incredibly inviting. Just like really like down to earth people, Dude. which I I loved. And like the place was so down to earth. It was great. Mm. Everything was great about it. The food, the company, the, the like the whole thing was like just it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. So 
those are my three parting recommendations. I also started watching Andor on Disney. Oh yeah, yeah. What is that? It's uh, about Cassie and Andor. It didn't start what getting. Is Cassie and what is that? I'm it's a annoyed. guy. It's a guy. Yeah. I'm still. I mean, I'm. I just finished episode three. I think it's getting. It now it's getting good. Okay. Now it's getting good. I don't Is know if House I. Of the dragon. So okay, chill because I've I've only let's relax because I've only <laughs> I've only seen the first. You're like two. that's a no. loaded question. Yeah, because I've only seen the first two episodes and I and I I liked it. I fell asleep in the third episode just because I was tired, not because the episode was bad. Um. It is because a lot of people are like, yeah, but you know, like she did this and I'm like, shut up, shut your mouth. I don't want to hear anything about it. Did you watch Game of Thrones? Of course I did. That is that gay. Yeah, I know. The mother of dragons. I know three Cuban girls named Daenerys. How old are they? though? Who cares? They're all the mother of dragons. <laughs> the mother of dragon ladies. Anyways, Andor, solid. Um, I'm not sure yet. I'll give you a uh, another update. Is it like and slash or or no Andor? So A N D O R. Oh, yo. By the way, um, I heard on the Chapel Trap House podcast the new Avatar movie, uh, Avatar Two. If you go watch it, make sure that you like it because it's a, it's illegal not to like it because they spent too much money on it. So if you say that you don't like it, they're gonna come for you. So Did the movie already come out? Uh, I don't know, but it's coming out. So just make but sure the, the first one. Make sure that nobody knows if you don't the like. The first it. one, I actually went to the movie theaters three times to watch it. Wow, I really enjoyed it. I'm so disappointed. Why? <laughs> I, I mean, I I really enjoyed it. I still watch it now from time to time. Really? Yeah. Bro, I saw that movie in the theaters, and I was like, "Wow, dude, the that's like a it's like a video game, like the amount." Yeah, of but the what's money, wrong with that? I'm not saying there's anything wrong. with Okay, it. I'm just saying that like the amount of effort, the amount of collective effort that goes into a product like that is madness. It's it's like hundreds of restaurants duck pressing. It's nuts, dude. I mean, but why is Okay. It's just mind-blowing. I'm not saying it's good or bad or anything. I'm just saying it's fucking mind-blowing. Sure. That that, like, dude. dude. I mean, look at what Amazon spent on the new Lord of the Rings thing. You know where all of Game of Thrones was filmed? That Like, New Zealand, New Mexico? I don't know. Davy. <laughs> and House of, the Dra- House of the Dragon is all filmed in Davy as well. It was well. not filmed in Davy. Okay, uh, well, that's... agree to disagree. Fake You news. obviously haven't watched Fake news. Fake news here on Pongo Podcast. <laughs> uh, the House of the Dragon was not filmed in Davy. You obviously didn't see the scenes that were shot at the Roundup. Yes. <laughs> when you ride the Bright Line on the oh, way up, you man. can see King's Landing on your right. <laughs> That's why it looks an awful lot like that country music club. <laughs> this has been great. Uh, I'm going to make a couple of recommendations here. They are both All right. Uh, in a shock to absolutely no one, they were both uh, YouTube videos. Uh, one of them is uh, from a from Channel Five with Andrew Callahan, which used to be called All Gas No Breaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the title of the video is very simply "Will Blunderfield," um, and it is a twenty minute. Does it have a question mark after? Nope, just Will Blunderfield. Uh, and it is a 20-minute documentary-style video mm. um, 
that consists mostly of interviews and footage with this guy who's like some kind of a life and wellness coach whose main focus is the Reiki energy that flows through your balls. Yo, the fucking... Let me just say something real quick. I'm really jacked up to watch this documentary. Actually, Billy Corbin. Listen, I'm in the middle of my my recommendations. (laughs) You need to relax. Hated that. My last last thing, my (laughs) second recommendation... Is from Joe Budden TV. Oh, right. I love that. And it is the first episode of Joe Budden's new podcast called Humans, which is a shitty name. Never but, met the uh, rapper that loved himself more. But the first episode of Joe Budden's podcast is an That's interview. Joe loves himself more. Is an interview with Rob O'Neill, who is the Navy SEAL who killed Bin Laden. Holy shit! Uh, so it's it's fascinating well, to supposedly. watch. We've never seen it before. It's crazy to sh- to watch Joe Budden. To watch Joe Budden in a conversation with Rob O'Neill. Uh, and who's Rob O'Neill? The Navy SEAL who killed Bin Laden. Well, supposedly. We don't have any photos. Right, right, right. According to, according <laughs> okay. to Rob O'Neill, according to Rob O'Neill, <laughs> if they would ever release the photos, it's his hands holding Bin Laden's head together for the photo. Really? Yeah. Well, but, I'll um, believe it when I see it. Yeah. But even if you don't believe it, even if you don't believe that he killed Bin Laden or that Bin Laden's dead or any of that, it's uh, most of the conversation is about. Um, I think it's about stuff that the two of you would kind of relate to, in the sense that like it's it's an interesting angle on like what motivates somebody, what keeps somebody going through tough tasks, what keeps somebody focused on a goal, and so on and so forth. Like there's um you know uh, I mean. I've never been shy about saying that I'm like the most obnoxious anarcho-capitalist person in the room. So like I have my own issues with like <laughs> with, with the military and all things connected to the state. Did you cash your stimulus check? Uh, no. Okay, I did not. this is the wrap up <laughs> of the whole podcast. No, we, we can we can have we can have the whole conversation also. Um, but um, but in any case. Uh, I think that there's a lot of interesting stuff to be gleaned from I this particular Navy SEAL. having my name on the podcast sandwich. <laughs> you failed? This, I have failed. This was the thing that made you question your name on the sandwich? <laughs> this is, hey, yo, hey, you know what? I, I want to say something before we, before we wrap up. I seriously, I think that there's a place for Pancom Podcast, or I mean, for, for, for Tea Time with Mike and Mike oh, yeah, to focus that. specifically on Miami F&B. And I would love to fucking find a way to uh, highlight local, to focus on Miami F&B with you and interview them. If there's ever uh, opportunity for that on your platform, Why, is this I want to do that. Is this yeah. an interview? No. It's, Are you it, interviewing it's, it's, for it's, 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 I'm telling both of you. Like, I think that there's uh, that, like, I think that Miami, I, I honestly believe that Miami is the best city in the world, man. And I, I mean, think I that the amount, of, the amount of talent that, that Miami has is serious and the amount of money that's coming into Miami between our Basel at one end of the year and Formula One at the other end of the year makes it important that people are shining light on people like fucking Peacock Ramen and Halachi Dumplings and people that are fucking that have their their pop-ups going on that are hustling to try and make some dope shit happen but that hap- but but whatever that are doing what they're doing you know what I mean mm-hmm. and 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 uh, and I think that we did something beautiful in highlighting people like that back in the day and uh, and I want to shine some light at those people, and I love you, my G, and I love too. I love you too, Nick. And we're gonna fucking and and I hope that we can continue to support Miami F and B because Miami F and B supported us and made it possible for us to get to where we're at. <laughs> <laughs>
Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another exciting episode. Yeah, lightning round. Tea time. Uh, I want to thank Mike Ortiz for coming on Panko Podcast. For everyone who pays us one dollar, it's only one dollar. I never get any of that. Yo, I'm gonna hook you up with my. I've never my account number. I've also never gotten any of that money. Part of that dollar, dog. I've also never gotten any of that money. It's not about the money. It's not about the money. Right, it goes to taxes and stuff. I don't Yo, know. Go to the Patreon. What is that? On Patreon. Patreon. Go to always. the Patreon and give if these anyone actually wants your to money. listen to this shit show after the fact. We're gonna do a lightning round, right? Okay. Um, a lightning round of five questions with Mike Ortiz, which will probably be another two hours long, and. Um, been very disciplined here we're like a, an hour and thank 40. you all for coming and visiting us on pankum podcast this is mike beltran and we're out